Hello and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, the shir where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. Here in this season, we try to focus on a verse or a word from the Parsha of the week and see what we can extrapolate out of it, especially oftentimes with the help of Chabad.org or other sources, sometimes Aish or the like, and sometimes thinking how we could link our own thoughts, our own ideas, and many other people's ideas to what we could practically see from the Parsha. So we are now in the book of Vayikra. We finished Bereshis and Shamos. We're basically in the, almost in the middle of the Torah. Feels like the middle of the year a little bit later. And now we come to Vayikra, and there's two different verses to hone in on, in my opinion. The first one to look at is when it says that Hashem tells Moshe, Daber el b'nei Yisrael v'yamarta aleihem, Adam ki yakriv miken karban lahashem. In the in the early on in the parsha in Parak Aleph Pasik Bet, you know God calls to Moshe and says, "A man, Adam, who shall bring near of you an offering to God." Interesting choice of word. You know, there's many words for person. You could say gever, like in modern day terms. You could say ish, person. Why Adam? Why the word Adam? Adam is reminiscent of the first. Man on earth, the first person on earth, reminiscent of the the creator, the, the excuse me, the first real creation of man was Adam himself. You know, Adam and Chava. So we think about Adam himself. So why the word Adam? So the Medrash Tanchum and Rashi pick up on it right away and they ask the question, why does God use the word Adam for man? Instead of the more common synonym, ish. Why Adam? In general, we think about what the idea of karbonos is. You know, we think about in the high holidays season, how we're trying to do repentance, how we're going through the, the 10 days of repentance, the Sarasimi Tshuva, how we go from Rosh Hashanah, we go to Yom Kippur, and we think about what we're going to try to do for the year. We think about how really it should be us offered up on the altar, it should really be us shechted by kaparos for those who use chickens. It should really be us offered up as sadaka for those who give sadaka for kaparos. It should really be us thrown out to the sea when we do tashlich and those who throw bread or metaphorically throwing our sins into the sea. It should really be us. And when we give a carbon, especially the carbon, when we do on behalf of, you know, carbon chatas, when we give the carbon for, for doing something wrong, especially the carbon chatas, we think about how really it should be us. I really deserve to be punished. I am a terrible person. Hashem, I sinned against you. I did X, Y, or Z. I really should be the one that's thrown away. But Hashem in His infinite kindness decides, you know what, instead of you being thrown away, give me a sacrifice. Give me an animal in your place. And in the olden times, it was very common in the pagan cultures to sacrifice sacrifice and Hashem instead directed our abilities to offer up sacrifices to Hashem it was a reach nichalach throughout the Torah it talks about reach nichalach it was a pleasant aroma Hashem doesn't have human capabilities Hashem is beyond human Hashem is a being but we give we anthropomorphize different aspects to Hashem giving him physical quote unquote characteristics for us to relate to him and, and Hashem says 
I love the smell of the carbon. I love how it smells. It's pleasant. It's an aroma to me. It's as if Kiviyachal were giving a gift to Hashem. Hashem doesn't need anything. Hashem is perfect and has everything. Hashem creates us and gives us everything. What could we possibly give to Him? But Kiviyachal, on some level, it's like when you send a parent sends a kid to school and the, the kid comes home and bring and says, Mommy, Abba, look what I made for you in school. Look what I did in school. I made this plant. I made this picture. Look what I made for you. Even though, you know, we don't need anything. We get nachat. We get korat ruach. It's a reach nichoach to enjoy your kids. That's why there's a blessing. People say you should have children and you should enjoy the children. Because Baruch Hashem, it's a blessing to have children to begin with. But how often do we sit back, especially when they're young and troublemakers and causing ruckus all up and about, how often do we actually fully appreciate them and enjoy them? How often do we have a reach nichoach? How often do we feel that koret nefesh, that wonderful sense of soul and happiness, just sitting with them, enjoying them, playing with them, and, and learning with them? A lot of times, I have to take a step back on Shabbat, on Shabbos, when uh, my kids come and one, if the oldest one or the middle one or the young one comes, and they're causing wildness. But then if we sit down, we take a step back, and either shal shudas or it's nighttime, or some point in the day when they actually calm down from their wildness and their energies tapers down and tames down, and we're able to sit and just enjoy each other, you know, in the moment, sitting and saying some words of Torah and saying some singing of Shabbos and having them on my lap is just a wonderful thing. So Kiviyach Hashem has us on His lap, Kiviyach. When we give a connection of a carbon, it's just that, it's a connection. We offer something to Hashem. It could be that we're offering in our place, but it's also we want to give to Hashem something. And Hashem accepts our carbon. There's so many different car- type of carbonos. There's the Tamid, of course, every day. There's the Ashem and the Shlamim. I'm not a Bucky in any, 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 any aspect of carbon. I just know the names of them in general. And of course, there's one for the Shabbos and for Pesach and all the different aspects of the holidays. But in general, we offer that carbon. We can have that connection to Hashem. We can feel that closeness to Hashem. When you give to others, that's one of the keys to love, real love, as Rabbi Dessler points out, and we talk about time and time again, real love, real ahava is based on hav, is based on the shoresh, on the root, hav, to give. When you give and you give and you give, you get more and receive more in terms of love. Real love is not 50-50. It's not tit for tat. What did you do for me? What did I do for you? You took out the garbage yesterday. I'll take out the garbage today. No, we take out the garbage every day. We do the dishes. We clean. Take care of the kids. We do whatever we can. We give. We give. We give to our spouse. We give to our kids. The prototype of the most interesting relationship in terms of love is that of parents to children. Because more than children ever can do for parents, parents do for children. Parents give to the children and and love them more and more, giving more and more and more. And that's why it's so interesting. The main aspect Rabbi Dester talks about is the parent-child relationship. And Hashem is our parent. We are His children. So we give, we give whatever we can to Hashem on a tiny, tiny, tiny aspect versus what He gives to us. He gives so, 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 so much to us. We want to give back. We do mitzvahs, we do chesed, we try to do our part. Hashem put us in the world. We try to do our part to give back and we give karbano to try to connect to Hashem. Adam, a person who takes his essence back from the time of Adam of Adam HaRishon, the first man who was, had the, the, the first connection to Hashem. We want a primordial connection. We want an, a root connection. 
Why use the word Adam? That's just my version. And here we were talking about different ideas from different sages and commentators. I can't remember who they were offhand. But these are different things we're bringing to you that we talk about all the time. But Rashi and Medrash Tanchuma point out from Chabad, why use the word Adam for man to teach us that a person cannot offer to God what has not been honestly obtained by him? A person cannot offer to Hashem what has not been honestly gotten by him. You want to really give to Hashem? You want to really offer to Hashem? Don't give Hashem something that's stolen from something else. Give it honestly and justly. It reminds me of the story from Tanakh, from Shmuel Aleph, I think maybe Perak Tedvav or Tedzayin, somewhere around there, Yudalit, somewhere around there, where Hashem commands Shaul through Shmuel Hanavi, who in his own right was like Moshe Aaron the Chonav, Shmuel Bekari Shemo, we talk about in Kabbalat Shabbat. Shmuel Hanavi tells the word of Hashem to Shaul, go wipe out all of Amalek. And Shaul goes, but he spares Agag, and he spares the oxen, the cattle, and the sheep. And I don't know if he spares other people, but definitely the oxen and Agag. Shmuel comes to greet Shaul, and Shaul says, Blessed be he who fulfills the word of Hashem. Loosely, loosely, loosely paraphrase, I don't remember the exact wordage. Shaul sa- uh, Shmuel says, But what is the sound of cattle in my ears? And Shaul says, You know what? We wanted to spare the oxen, the cattle. We wanted to give them to Hashem. Talking about sacrifices, literally the example, what not to do. We wanted to give karbanas to Hashem, and, and Shmuel says, No, that's not what Hashem wanted. Does Hashem want sacrifices, these kind of sacrifices? Do you think He wants the sacrifices of not listening to His commands? Do you think He wants stolen karbanas of not listening to the word of Hashem? Hashem said, Get rid of all of Amalek, including their possessions. Get rid of Amalek. And by sparing Agag, that one night He was in the cell, it led to terrible ramifications and Haman himself came from Agag many generations later, almost destroying the entire Jewish people, misplaced compassion, not listening to what type of karbonus. You want to do a good carbon, you want to offer to Hashem, you offer to Hashem that which was honestly, justly, properly obtained by you. You don't take karbonus when I tell you, Hashem says, to destroy all the karbonus from Amalek. You don't take those karbonus and offer them to me. Those are not the karbonus I want. Those are not the karbonos that should be given to Hashem. You must give honestly to Hashem. You must give to Hashem in the right aspect, in the right way. Hashem asks you to do things in a way to be an Adam, to be a person who obtains things honestly, give it to Hashem in an honest way. Hashem is saying, when you bring an offering to me, be like Adam, Harishon. Be like Adam, the first man who could not have stolen from anyone since he was alone in the entire world. You give to Hashem by giving a carbon in the right way. You give to Hashem by making sure it's done in an honest way, in a just way, in an upright way, giving to Hashem that which he wants to be given to. That's which is he wants. You be like Adam, you obtain it in the right way. A person who's a crook and a schnook and a person who's a Ponzi scheme then goes and gives $7 million to tzedakah. Do you think Hashem wants that kind of money? Do you think that's what Hashem wants 
for the mitzvah of tzedakah, uh, someone who steals money from others and gives it to others, reminds me of the idea of Robin Hood, steals from the rich, gives to the poor. Is that real tzedakah? Is that what the Torah would be considering a good level, a high level of tzedakah? If Hashem wants you to give honestly that which was obtained in the right way to Him, don't do it in a shady way, in a sketchy way, in a, in a very murky business kind of way. You cheat your clients out of $1,000 and then you give that $1,000 to tzedakah. That money is tainted. That money is kiviyachal tame. That money is kiviyachal puzzle in a way. It has a blemish, a mum. It's not money we'd want to touch. It's kind of blood money, they call it, I think, in like uh, mafia terms. Lahavdil, lahavdil. That's not what Hashem wants. Be like Adam Harishon, giving it in the right way, doing it in the right way. Hashem probably, I can't, I'm not a prophet, I'm not a rabbi or anything like that, but it's probably better to give your regular tzedakah, whatever, your $2,000 check, you give 200 to a tzedakah, 10%, or you want to be more, you give, uh, you give more than 10%, 11%, 12%, you know, ninth of your possessions instead of a tenth, you know, going down and down more. You give that money, that might be more holy and more pure in some way than someone that schnooks people out of business and takes their money and gives that tzedakah. That's not the honest money. The person that works hard, honestly, uprightly, rightfully, truthfully, honestly doing the day's work, getting that $2,000 check and giving the 200 every time he gets the check or giving the 400 if he gets a $4,000 check, that money is good, honest money. That's an offering to bring to Hashem. Obviously, nowadays we don't have carbonos, so they talk about how tefillah is in the place of carbonos. Or maybe we can't give in that way. We give of our time. We give of our money to tzedakah. We give of our abilities, our creative talents to lend our resources, to lend our passions, to lend our vision to others. What we could do to help others. What we could do to do for others. Giving our way, doing sacrifices in our own life, sacrifices for others. I remember reading in a recent Parsha where Rabbi Rosner and Shalom Rav points out, what is a carbon? It really could mean sacrificing for the sake of a relationship, sacrificing in order to do more, to be most or nefesh, to sacrifice on yourself in order to do more for your relationship with Hashem, sacrificing some of your own needs and wants in order to do more for your spouse, always putting the spouse first, sacrificing some of your own wants and needs in order to do for your children. A carbon doesn't just have to be the actual animal sacrifice. What kind of a carbon do you give on a daily basis? giving of yourself, sacrificing of your time, sacrificing of your ability. Yeah, you know, I would love to sit and watch this show, binge on this show from 5 o'clock when I come home all the way till I'm dead tired at 1, 1, 1, 1 a.m., but I can't do that. I know the spouse comes first. Let me take care of the spouse. Then let me take care of the kids. I get the kids in bed at 6, 7, 8 o'clock. Then I hang out with my wife, and once she falls asleep, then I could binge whatever. Then I could take care of whatever I need to do. Then I could read the book I finally wanted to read, read that article I finally wanted to read, or just have my snack I wanted. But first, do the right way of going about things, taking care of those you need to take care of, sacrificing what you really want for yourself in order to do for them. You know, I'd love to play guitar all day, every day, but I can't do that. I have to sacrifice my time in the right way, set up my day in the right way, and then... Maybe I could fit in the guitar at a certain time, but sacrifice your day in order to know what really is important. The spouse, then the kids, and then everything else. 
in order to do it in the right way. Understanding the karbanot, being an adam, being someone who does things in the right way, in the upright way, in the righteous way, and in the honest way. Don't steal from other people. Don't take away the time that's meant for your wife. Don't take away the time that's meant for your kids. Don't take away the time meant for Hashem. Carve out every day time for Hashem. Don't steal away that time. Whether it be reading those daily emails I talk about all the time from OU.org, the wonderful daily emails. There's a Schneimaker one, a Mishnah one. There's one on the mitzvos. There's one on a Halacha. And there's another one I'm blanking on. There's one on a Tanakh, Nanach one. They really only take a couple minutes. They send five emails a day, carving out a little time in your email space of your life for Hashem. Go do the daf every day, carving out, you know, I used to listen to the daf shir, that would take an hour, now I read it myself, and you could read it in English, you could read it in, in Hebrew, that's even better, but if you read it in English, at least read it in English, I could take 15-20 minutes to do today's daf, bikovea itim, to do so. Even just listen a little bit, learn a Mishnah a day. The Mishnah Perkevus, for example, our show is around 10 minutes a day. Carve out a time for Hashem. Sacrifice, not even sacrifice, because Torah is supposed to be your primary occupation. It's supposed to be what we're really thinking about all day. Making sure to be like that first man, to be like the Adam. Making sure that you're not stealing from anyone, using the time properly. He was the only one in the world. Chabad.org also points out from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, when we speak of Adam as one who was alone in the world, we're speaking of the very first hours of his life. Thus, we are speaking of Adam before he partook of the tree of knowledge, before he was involved in the terrible sin of the tree of knowledge, a man still unsullied by sin. This is the deeper significance of the Torah's reference to the bearer of a carbon, which has the power to obtain atonement for a transgression as an Adam. Every man, the Torah is saying, harbors in the pith of his soul a pristine Adam, a primordial man untouched by sin. And that's also the idea we started out with, how the carbon really takes place of what we should be doing, how really we should be sacrificed. Really, on some level, we deserve punishment, but Hashem in His kindness figures out a way, not even figures out, Hashem in His kindness decided a way to go about it. Instead of that, we do sending off a chicken or money for kaparos, and we send off a carbon for a chatas, different aspects that we ourselves get the atonement for. Even at the very moment when his external self was transgressing the divine will, his inner essence, the person remained loyal to Hashem. It was only silenced and suppressed by his baser instincts. It is by accessing this core of purity, by unearthing that part of himself that did not sin in the first place, and restoring it to its rightful place as the sovereign of his life, that man attains the state of tshuva, return to his original state of perfection. That's why they say tshuva is being given the same situation, but not going about the same result. So a person walks into McDonald's and Lowellenu eats the non-kosher. Then he comes back this next day, sees the McDonald's, but withstands the temptation to eat the McDonald's and instead does not do that. That is real tshuva. And that's why the Gemara, I believe, the Talmud talks about how Yoter mi mi tzadik bal tshuva, like b'makum shabal tshuva omdin ein tzadik yachol la'amod, or something like that. In the place the Baal Tshuva stand, the Tzadik can't even stand. Why? Because the Baal Tshuva was given the situation and stumbled, but then he came back 
and withstood the temptation the next time, and he's at a level because the tzaddik sometimes is not even challenged with the with the tribulation to begin with, so he can't even understand or fathom. And that's why a phrase that very much relates to me from either Mishle or Kahelis or Talim, I forget where, probably Mishle or Kahelis, Sheva Yipal Tzadik Vakam, a man of Tzadik falls seven times but keeps getting up. He gets up again and again and again. He doesn't let it keep him down. He keeps fighting, he keeps trying, he keeps going and going and going. He keeps trying to make sure that he knows what to do in his life, you know. The, the, the whole point of a tzaddik is that he's, he stumbles and falls, but he keeps getting back up again. Someone who's never tried, who's so, never who's never given any obstacle in his life, they say that's not someone who Hashem loves as much. Hashem gives the nisyonos. We should never have nisyonos. We should never have difficulties. But if ever Hashem says anything, even if we can't find a parking spot, we can't find the change in our pocket, that's Hashem coming to us. So when a person comes back, and, and does tshuva, that's really the real tshuva, returning to his original state perfection. He could be at an even higher level than he was before, which is such a crazy concept. Only Hashem could have made such a thing, that you could sin against Hashem, but you come with tshuva, with a resolve to do better, and you're at an even higher level than before. Fascinating. And those were the sources from Chabad. So we think about the idea, we think about how Adam, the first man, we think about how we could have been the Karban, we think about how the Karban is the connection, us to Hashem, how we're giving a gift to Hashem. We think about we should be like Adam, we should do mitzvahs not in a stolen way, not in a dishonest way, not in a bad way, but in a way where we're supposed to actually be giving to Hashem, doing for Hashem, being involved with Hashem, doing good for Hashem, and trying to see what we could do in the world to bring goodness to the world, to bring good things to the world. We think about man, how the only one who was there was Adam, and he couldn't have stolen from anyone because he was the first one. We too make sure not to steal anything, anytime, and offer it to Hashem. Don't be like the mistake of Shaul, trying to offer the karbonot from Amalek. That's not what Hashem wants. Hashem wants the pure, righteous, upright mitzvahs, upright tzedakah, upright chesed to help out those around us. And think about how we could be like Adam, the original Adam in the first hours, unsullied by sin. Think about how we have it in our soul to be a pristine Adam, to be a primordial man, untouched by the sin. Even when he's transgressing against Hashem, he could do tshuva, be put in the same situation, and do better the next time, restoring the sovereignty to his life, the pristineness to the light and the state of perfection. I also want to touch upon a Pusik later. We talked about Aleph, Bet, and now we're going to look at Bet Aleph. Isn't that interesting? The switching around the, the, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. In Perak Aleph, Pusik Bet, we talked about Adam. Now look at the Pusik from Perak Bet, Pusik Aleph, the opposite. Instead of Aleph, Bet, now it's Bet Aleph. Interesting, because we also look at another term, the Nefesh Kisakriv Karban Minchala Hashem. A soul who shall offer a meal offering to Hashem. So before we talked about Adam, why did the Torah, why did Hashem use the word Adam? And we talked about the reasons just before. And now we're looking at why use the word Nefesh? We could have used Adam again. We could have said Ish. We could have said Gever. Why use the word Nefesh? A soul who shall offer a meal offering to Hashem. So why, Chabad points out, the Talmud in Menachot 104b, why is the meal offering distinguished and that the expression soul is used? Why use the word nefesh? Because God says, who is it that usually brings a meal offering? It is the poor man. I account it 
as though he had offered his own soul to me. When we're involved in, in doing mitzvahs for Hashem, doing chesed for Hashem, learning Torah for Hashem, do we give of our very essence? Do we give of our very own soul? Do we give of our nefesh, our neshama? Do we truly, really believe in the mitzvah we're doing, in the aspect we're doing? Do we really believe in what we're doing? Do we really feel it at our core that we truly believe in the purpose of what we're doing? We have to have pride in the jobs we do, providing we do it in a way that we could do mitzvahs. We have to have pride in our side, pro- side projects, providing in a way we're doing it for a kiddush Hashem, to better the world, to be matakena olam, to spread Torah, be marbid's Torah, be proud in whatever creative talents, abilities we have, especially if we know it comes from the nefesh, especially if we know it comes from the soul. Baruch Hashem, I love being an OT, working with kids, trying to help their skills, giving them games, tests, and the like, to work on their handwriting, to work on their cutting and their pacing and following directions and steps. I love my side projects, the OT show, trying to help people live more functionally, more, live more independently, live more occupationally. I love my podcast, Jewish podcast show, the Audio DT, this show about the Parsha. I love the Dav show where we spit out a, a lesson, thanks to Hashem, about a, a piece of Gemara. I love the Pikayava show where we talk a Mishnah a, per, per day with some practical lessons and a commentator. And I love the... The, the lecture series where we talk about a topic and we try to hone in majorly about the topic for an hour or so every few weeks. These things are near and dear to my heart. They come from my nefesh. I love doing this. And I'm also involved working on the Jewish kid book, trying to think of a, of a, of a Jewish version of Where's Waldo, working on it, albeit very, very expensive, but a really near and dear project to my heart. Hopefully, hopefully little by little, we're thinking about doing it. And I love writing songs and playing songs and guitar, especially when they come from the soul. The guitar itself is a soulful instrument. It comes from the neshama. What do we do that comes from the nefesh? What are we bringing? What are we doing to have our nefesh involved in our lives, our neshama involved in our lives? Do we put our neshama, do we put our nefesh into what we do, into doing for others, to giving for others, doing mitzvahs and chesed, learning Torah? Do we feel our nefesh? Do we show our nefesh? Is our nefesh involved? A meal cooked for others, you can tell when it's cooked from the heart or it's haphazardly shamashed, put together, where it's a fakak meal out of nowhere. You just slap things together. You have half-baked item and half-baked this and half-made tomatoes. That's not from the heart. But when you have a good dish with good side dishes prepared with cutlery, with dessert, and put it as a whole package and you hand it to them and you say, please enjoy mazal tov. Please enjoy lo'aleinu lahavdil. We should never know from bad things. You should only know from nachama and good things. You make a meal for someone, does it come from the nefesh? Does it come from the neshama? Does it come from within? Or is it just haphazardly done? When you give to others, you give tzedakah, do you give openly, happily to others? Or does it just come as, eh, all right. When you give to your spouse, you give to your kids, does it come from the neshama? Does it come from the inside? I'm so happy to do this for you. Mi amor, the Spanish for my love. I'm so happy to do this for you, my spouse. I'm so happy to do this for you, my kids. I love to cook for you. I love to bake for you. For those of you who are good at baking, I am not. I can cook, but baking is not so much. For those of you who, who, who do different things, I love to make this for you. It comes from within the nefesh ki sakriv karban mincha Hashem. 
Carbon doesn't just mean the animal sacrifice, in my low, tiny, humble opinion. Whatever you sacrifice to give for others, does it come from the nefesh? And are you an Adam that gives honestly, uprightly, as the first Adam? Do you give from the nefesh and are you an Adam? The Adam and the nefesh together should come inside your soul into your very existence and your being. We should give from the soul. When we give to Hashem, it should be, it should account as much as we give from our own soul. Just like we talked about by Adam, by carbon, it should have been us. The carbon should have been us now that we are around. We should be zocha to live on Meva Esim Shana. We should give as if it is us. We should give from the Neshama. We should give from the inside. We should give of ourselves to others and especially to Hashem. The Talmud of Menachos further explains why is the meal offering distinguished in that five kinds of oil dishes are stated in connection with it. This can be likened to the case of a human king for whom his friend had prepared a feast. The king knew that his friend was poor. He had only one food to offer him. So he said to him, prepare it for me in five kinds of dishes so that I will derive pleasure from you. You don't have to be rich to be able to give. You don't have to be a millionaire, a billionaire, a trillionaire, or even a thousandaire, I'll make up a word, to be able to give. When you give from the nefesh, when you give from the heart, it's easily seeable. Kids especially can see right through the crux of the matter. They can see when someone's being honest, truthful, or not. And people, adults, also can tell if you're being honest and truthful, you're being an adam, you're giving from the nefesh or not. They can tell if it's real they could tell if it's legit they could tell if it's it's if if it's real or not make sure to give real make sure to give from the nefesh whatever you do the Talmud of Menachot also point out it is said of a large ox, a fire offering, a sweet savor, of a small bird, a fire offering, a sweet savor, and a meal offering, a fire offering, a sweet savor. This is to teach you that it is the same, whether a person offers much or little so long as he directs his heart to heaven. When you give to others, you give to Hashem, are you doing it L'Shem Shemayim or are you doing it for yourself? Are you giving from the nefesh? Are you giving from the inner, inside, from the soul? And are you doing it l'shem shamayim? Are you doing it to help others? The Medjush Rabbah also points out, these sources come from Chabad again. The Medjush Rabbah points out an ox was once being led to sacrifice, but would not budge. A poor man came along with a bundle of endives in his hand. He held it out towards the ox which ate it, and then allowed itself to be led to sacrifice. In a dream, it was revealed to the owner of the ox, the poor man's sacrifice superseded yours. Because what was given, what was done, sometimes the poor man's heart, the person that has less than other people, is much more pure, much more honest, much more legit, much more real than anyone else. You know, it's, ta- it's like the Adam we talked about, you know, he could steal the carbon and give it, you could steal the money and give it, but that's not what Hashem wants. That's tainted, that's mum, that's blemish type of money, blemish type of mitzvah. Better to have the pure, lowly, poor heart than the one who's grandiose. Medrash also points out, once a woman brought a handful of fine flour and the priest despised her saying, see what she offers, what is there in this to eat? What is there in this to offer up? It was shown to him in a dream, do not despise her. It is regarded as if she had sacrificed her own life. 
We talk about sacrifices. We talk about what we could do for others. We talk about how we could be an Adam, an honest, uprighteous person. Someone who is giving, not stolen things. Someone who is giving to the right priorities. Understanding that we ourselves can sacrifice in our own lives. That we could have been the carbon, and now we should give from the nefesh. We should give from the insides. We should give from the neshama. We could tell if it's real or if it's fake. We could tell if it's tainted or if it's right and uprighteous. We should do what we can to do so in the right ways. When we talk about Ish, we talk about Nefesh, we talk about Adam. Brings to mind to me the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, where we talk about what a real Ish is. Huhaya Omer Hillel used to say, "Ain bor chasira." Brood is not sin fearing, nor is an ignorant person pious. Velo and an embarrassed person will not learn. Velo captain nor can an impatient patient, nor can an impatient, excuse me, person teach. Nor will someone who engages too much in business become wise. And the key phrase of the entire Mishnah, The third time we're using a different term for man. In a place where there are no men, you strive to be a man. You stand up when someone is not there around. You become the leader when there is no leader. You stand up in a situation where there's a void and you come to fill the void. And also you bring your talents when the talents weren't there before. You bring, you innovate, you create, you use your capabilities, your, your talents, whatever Hashem gave you when, when it was not used before. You stand up and you do it. The book I'm talking about, I don't know if the exact concept was there, so I'm trying to work on it. These podcasts were not exactly out there in the way that I'm trying to do it, so I'm trying to do it, and I'm trying to do my job in the way, and I try to write my songs in the way. Whatever I try to do, I try to do in a way that I could stand and fill the void. I try to be a tiny, tiny aspect of a tiny-ish in some way. My dad was like that. He was a major aspect of the community, a doctor in all different aspects, all different respects. We talk about an ish, we talk about an adam, we talk about a nefesh, how we take aspects of ourselves. And interesting how adam and nefesh are opposites. Adam is the physical, nefesh is the spiritual. But still, we talked about in another audio DT how they both have to come together because we have the nefesh of Bahami, the animalistic aspects to ourselves, the animalistic soul. We have the nefesh asichli, we have the divine soul, the spiritual, and they always fight against each other. The point is to bring the animalistic and to raise it to the spiritual. We have the Adam, we have the nefesh, we have the ish, we have to fuse them all together to be that ish, to be the right Adam, to be the right nefesh, giving of our nefesh, being an uprighteous Adam, standing where there is no man, standing where there is no ish. We have to do things from our soul. We have to do things from our core. We have to do things from our essence. We need to utilize our own power from within to be a real Adam. Don't take it from anyone or anywhere else. Give from yourself to serve Hashem, to help others and to help the world around us. We're talking about Adam. A person can't offer what wasn't honestly obtained by him like Shaul. We can't do that. We give to Hashem that which was honestly earned. Don't steal from others a ponzi to give him. That's not what Hashem wants. Be like Adam, alone in the world, not stealing from anyone. We speak of Adam, someone who was alone. Think about how even when you sin, you could come back doing tshuva. That's what the carbon teaches us. We sacrifice and stand up in a place where, where we had trouble before. And we stand up where we stand it. We become that 
Tzadik, Tzadik, Sheba Yivot, Tzadik Vakam. B'makom Shabbat Tshuva Omdim, Ein Tzadik Yachal Amod. We understand that we could be the essence, loyal to Hashem, being that real Adam with real pureness, coming to the state of perfection. We think about how we could be a nafesh. Give from your soul. Sacrifice to put your spouse and your kids and others first. Sacrifice to give time to Hashem, to give time to your spouse and time to your kids and then time for yourself later. Give from your soul. Do from your soul. We can see what is real versus what is not. The poor man's gift may be better than the rich man's gift because it really comes from the heart. We could see what's real and what's not. We see about the ox. We see about the poor man coming and the ox coming. We see about the woman bringing the, bringing the fine flower versus the other things and we see what's really there and we see how to be an ish. We take these terms and we try to live up to life with these terms being an adam. Being a nefesh, giving from your nefesh, being an ish, standing up where there is no ish. We take these abilities, we take these capabilities, we take these concepts to life, and we can make the world better. We can give in better ways, and we can live in better ways when we become that right adam, when we become that right nefesh, when we become that right ish, all different terms for man, for humans, for our beings, our very selves. We can honestly, uprightly change the world for the better, perfect the world for the better, hopefully do good for the world in many ways, starting with today and every single day. This has been the Audio DT with Reb T, and I'm your host, Reb T.